Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. done it. He has forced this Davis Cup final into a deciding fifth rubber. He's about as emotional as I have ever seen him down on the court in front of me. He was emphatic today, 7-6-6-3-6-2 over Joe Wolfritzonga, who now departs the court looking pretty bereft, really. His mind was completely gone in that third set. He was complaining about the crowd noise to umpire Kiyofafong. Pretty extraordinary scenes, but David Goffin, what a hero he's been for his country. He now hands the bat on to Steve Darcy for the fifth rubber. Darcy to take on Luca Pui for the Davis Cup 2017. I was so nervous at the end I felt a little bit when I had the, the second break in the third I felt in my body that it was it was tough that's why it was love love 40 uh, and my survey game at 4-1 uh, but yeah I managed it really well and uh, yeah and uh, yeah, it was a really good last game well you probably guess that is the sound of a victory French team winning the Davis Cup. Luca Pui striking the decisive blow against Steve Darcy. A six-love final set to clinch the first ever Davis Cup title for France in 16 years. These are extraordinary, extraordinary scenes. And I've officially run out of words to describe this incredible crowd. Welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. You have just been hearing what has happened at the Davis Cup by BNP Paribas. Final, won by France. And Catherine Whitaker is still there in Lille, still in the stadium. And it is still party time, Catherine, isn't it? 
Not only in the stadium, I'm practically on the court. I am in a little sea of confetti and French flags and we are tennis inflatable things. There's a poor little child actually in front of me that seems to have been tasked with cleaning up the uh, enormous quantities of confetti. The Davis Cup itself, the enormous trophy, is just feet away from me. Members of the French team are still completing their lap of honour. Well, it's about 15 laps of honour. There's still probably around five or 6,000 French fans in this stadium there is a group of ball kids doing a conga line I mean it really is quite a sight to behold this has been a Davis Cup title a long time coming for France and they're going to milk the moment for all it's worth and so they should because as you say a long time coming 16 years to be precise since uh, since they managed to win this thing and you know there have been some near misses in that time and it, it says a lot that they, they are without uh, an Andy Murray or a Novak Djokovic-type figure. They've had to do it through team spirit, through a, a variety of really good players, but no truly great players, haven't they? And and today, they delivered because they were right up against it. David Goffin got it back level. But Luca Pui, let's, let's just start with him, shall we? Because, I, I mean... The selection itself was was an interesting one because I, I think we, we thought I think both of us thought yesterday that Gasquet was more likely to get the nod after the way he played in doubles and, and the difficult task that, uh, that that Puy had had on the opening day against Goffin. I mean, he took a hammering, didn't he? But today, different man. Yeah, there wasn't a hint of doubt in his mind. Also, it was interesting hearing him say there after the match. Um, about how he was feeling when he when he could see that Songa was losing, and frankly, the writing was on the wall for Songa from pretty early on, from the very early stages of that second set. That that match, which had been so hyped up, had a strange feeling of inevitability about it. And we'll come on to the heroics of Goffin in a little while. But I I, I was waiting for the moment that Pui would blink, not perhaps lose the match because he was obviously on form today but I was just waiting for him to to blink and think about it you know to to envisage the finishing line to envisage himself and his teammates holding the trophy and it never came if anything he just accelerated towards the finishing line a six love final set it was it was almost uncomfortable actually there was when it started to become apparent that it it was going to be a six love final set actually when Steve Darcy stood up to the baseline love five down in the third there was this incredible moment where Johan van Herk his captain an enormously inspirational man he just stood there he stood he was actually on the court he stood in the tram lines and just applauded Steve Darcy it wasn't about motivating him to make a comeback I'm not sure anyone's ever come back from 6-3-6-2-6 love 6-3-6-1-6 love I think actually Um, it it wasn't about that it was just about recognising the brilliance of that man the fact that the the Belgians wouldn't have been there if it weren't for him and that the fact he wasn't able to perform today against a man ranked far above him is, is no poor reflection on him and it was almost a little bit awkward because all bets are off in Davis Cup, right? With the crowds, you're allowed. You, you, you go nuts when your team, your country, wins a point, regardless of how that point is won. But it didn't feel nice to hear the errors of Steve Darcy being applauded. No, I don't. I, I don't blame the French fans for doing it. As I say, all bets are off in Davis Cup. But this poor guy, that's you know, just performed out of his skin for his country. He couldn't do it today. He couldn't. 
he couldn't play out of his skin. He played his ranking, which is 76 in the world, and he was playing an inspired 18 in the world. And who knows how high, if Luca Puy allows this performance, this moment to inspire him, who knows how high that ranking could go. And I think he might allow it to inspire him because... I don't know, it's a different Luca Pui that I saw lifting that trophy really let his emotions go. This is this is big for someone like him. It feels big. Yeah, there was there was a moment in that final rubber of the match where Darcy was six three, he'd lost the first set, and it was one all in the second, and there was about a twelve minute game where he just he was just trying to keep Luca Pui at bay and he was saving break point after break point including one with the most delicious forehand drop shot he lined up the big forehand and rather than hitting it as a, as a big booming forehand he just sliced underneath it and just you thought at that stage and Van Herk was going crazy on the bench and I did think if Darcy could just get out of this game maybe he can make this competitive maybe he can make Puy blink a little bit because Puy is one of those players when he's on a roll He's he's an awesome sight because he's just dripping with talent, isn't he? And and I'm sorry, he has underachieved to this point. He's had some notable victories, but a guy of his talent, this should be not just the the culmination of his career. This should be the start. This is a massive moment for for his nation. It's a huge victory personally for him, and he'll never forget it. It, it it'll always be there yeah but and it, it, he's somebody so good you know he it, it, it could, this could be where he goes on from here absolutely and it, it feels so fitting to me incidentally Nicola Mahu is just in front of me with his little mini replica trophy he received the loudest cheer of them all as he received his trophy this crowd knew about his heartbreak. They knew how tough it was for him to sit on the sidelines during this tie, and I'm I'm so delighted to see him able to fully enjoy this moment. He's had tears in his eyes for about the last three hours, I think. He's having selfies taken with the crowd. It's really... it's, it's a, If I wasn't speaking to you, David, I'd be crying. Um, but, yeah, it, it felt really fitting that it, it was Luca Puy that, that clinched the Davis Cup, that won the decisive rubber, because... He has underachieved, as France have underachieved for the last 16 years. You know, Guy Fourget himself, I was reading an interview he gave uh, to a French newspaper a few years ago, saying France should have won at least one, probably two Davis Cup titles in the intervening period since their last one in, in 2001. That OK, yeah, they, don't have, they haven't had a, a world number one, an Andy Murray-esque talisman, but they've had a wealth of Grand Slam semi-finalists. You know, they've had more than enough talent to win this title. And in the end, it is that depth that won it for them. These are the players, the list of players that won live Davis Cup rubbers this year that helped France to victory. Richard Gasquet, Gilles Simon, Pierre Huguebert, Nicolas Mahou, Luca Puy, Jeremy Chardy, Julian Beneteau, Joe Wilfred Songer. And let's remember, there are plenty of other names beyond that that they could have called upon had they wanted to. There's poor Adrian Manorino who's had the year of his life and never even seems to get mentioned in the conversation uh, for the French Davis Cup team. There's Gael Monfils as well. You know, the, it's all about the depth for France and finally, finally, they've made that depth tell and if they and Luca Puy as an individual can use this as a springboard, then good luck to them. And what I loved about the, the final point of that final rubber is... The way that Puy, when the ball went long from the racket of Darcy, Puy just collapsed backwards and his face 
just crumpled in in emotion and the, I've seen this on a number of players when they've won Grand Slams or the biggest match win of their life you see the focus at that point you see what what that focus must do to them in order for them to still play forehands and backhands in a in a, a sensible logical way before the moment of actually reaching where they're trying to get to and then it all just comes rushing out and and I I, I mean it was I found that very emotional I also I tell you I re, I was I was nearly going Catherine when uh, when they showed Steve Darcy at just afterwards and then when Yannick Noah got onto the platform to, do, to receive the trophy and put his arm round Johan van oh. Herk oh dear, <laughs> oh, dear. That, was a, that was a bit much for me that. That, that was a moment it was a moment I'll tell you what uh, actually after the TV cameras had died down and the French team was still on the court you know just, just lapping up the moment uh, Yannick Noah asked for the microphone to speak to there were probably still 10 12,000 fans left in this arena at that point there's probably still about four or five thousand here now but he asked for the microphone and he gave the most incredible speech completely off the cuff you know just paying tribute to the crowd to his team to the staff you know taking a special moment to to talk about the the people that aren't here today but that have helped them along the way to get to this point and then he started conducting everybody in the stadium in a chorus of La Marseillaise and I don't think I'll ever forget um, being a part of that. I felt annoyed that I didn't know the words to La Marseillaise to join in. I felt like such a party pooper that I couldn't join in because it, um, it was quite a moment and then after that he started sort of beatboxing. I thought it was going to develop into a full-blown Yannick Noah concert. You know, he just... <laughs> He, t- he, he holds a microphone and he has people in the palm of his hands. You know, he pr- people probably would have stuck around <laughs> to watch a full-blown Yannick Noah concert. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, we, we've both been uh, around him when he when he has done that. I've, and he, he does. He has roomfuls of very smartly dressed people um, who are who are used to sipping their champagne, suddenly ignoring those expectations of themselves and, and just just getting down and having a good old party. Pierre, Pierre Rougabert, incidentally, David, has just sprinted up the stairs next to me, run into the crowd. I think he looks like he might be about to do a bit of crowd surfing. He seems to be individually blowing air kisses to every member of this French crowd that have stuck around to support him. He's holding up the trophy. He's, I mean, I, I think he's going to be riding this wave of happiness for the next year or so, Pierre Rougabert. I mean, he's just... Oh, there's something very wonderful about seeing sort of pure joy. And Pierre Huguerbert at the moment is embodying pure joy. Yeah, and actually his career will be interesting to follow in the future, won't it? Because, I mean, he's already been at the top of the world rankings as a doubles player. He's a heck of a singles player as well when he, when he, really, when he really puts in his back into it and puts his mind to it, isn't he? Certainly is, yeah. And I, I'll tell you what, David, this tie in the end was decided by the doubles, wasn't it? Were two singles wins a piece. It was decided by the doubles and he was the best player on the court by a country mile during that doubles. So, yes, Luca Puy got the big moment, but... He, Pierre Rougabert is is a big hero of this French Davis Cup victory and who knows he looks like he looks to me like he's ready to 
to milk this for all it's worth and rinse every bit of inspiration from this experience that he possibly can to me. Well, good for him. Well, the man who had to make the decision about that doubles pairing was, of course, Yannick Noah, the man we've been talking about, the French captain. And we can hear from him. Catherine, just before we came on air to record this show, had a little chance to speak to Yannick Noah. Yannick, many, many congratulations. There were eight men up there receiving those mini trophies with you. This was a team effort, wasn't it? Yes, it was, and uh, this is like the strength of the of the team. Um, we have a lot of players, even though we don't have like one of the top five players in the world. We have like a whole family of players, like about eight, nine, ten guys, and they're all willing to like you know participate and you know work for each other, and uh, and it ends up with a final where you know we get four points with four of the players. So yeah, it's I think it's fair because they deserve it and I'm really happy it's been a long time It's your third Davis Cup title as captain how does it compare to the other two? Um, it's really special um, I, you know, it's not really me you know, it's about you know, the family and the people who are there you know, in terms where you know, it's not so easy and uh, when you get this moment you want to share it with the people you love and uh, I had the opportunity I have five children so I had the opportunity to share with my four first kids, you know, grown-ups now, and uh, in the meantime, I was singing for 20 years, and now here I am, and I was so happy to give it to my, my son. He's like 14. He was like, you know, singing uh, all weekend, and you know, daddy, it means a lot to, for daddy, and to give him the cup was my best moment. You made some very courageous decisions before and during this final. What were you thinking during the weekend about those decisions? Well, you know, it means so much for not only the team, but for the our federation and the whole tennis world in France. You know, we are, we didn't win a Davis Cup for like 16 years, so uh, it meant a lot. And you know, there's a you know you can uh, you can call it pressure, and uh, I just tried to be focused and try to like put aside all different energies that could maybe you know put me aside from whatever I felt and I you know and luckily I'm like I have like people around me like my staff like Cedric Piolin and Lolo and they told me listen to your heart you know go with what you feel and and I said I'm the only one who feels this way (laughs) and it's very difficult because sometimes when you make this decision you feel a little lonely it's kind of scary and uh, but when I what I'm asking my players like to be courageous so I try to be courageous so and then in, you know I decided to go with the team that I felt and uh, thank God it worked. You know you never too sure. Last couple, just I wanted to get a word from you on David Goffin, the heartbreak that he'll be feeling right now, and and what he achieved for for his country this weekend. He was extraordinary, wasn't he? Oh, he was like the the best player of the whole weekend, and uh, and um, sorry I'm like a little sensitive, but but I, what I liked is it was like. The way he behaved, you know, the, the character that he showed and uh, the energy that he had. He, he, he beat, he won like two games, like it was like fair, you know, and square. You know, no bad feeling. He was just a great player. It was beautiful to see. I didn't want to focus too much on what he was doing. And obviously, I'm going to uh, see the videos, but. Uh, but it was um, it was great, you know. And uh, I believe this weekend was a beautiful weekend of Davis Cup. 
And I would have said the same thing even if we had lost. But uh, but yeah, David was great, and and so was the whole team, Belgium team, and the fans. Just finally, Yannick, I know you could say glowing things about any one of your eight men, but Luca was the one to get the decisive point. What do you think this could propel him to do in his career now? Well, I mean, you know, he has this beautiful career in front of him, and obviously they are a moment like this, playing in your hometown with all your family, like I'm talking about hundreds, friends, you know, uh, it's it's uh, it's so it can lift uplifting. It's really uplifting. Um, I think it's going to really help him. Uh, the way he played the last game, which is like the most difficult thing to do in terms of like nerves, uh, playing the last game for your country, uh, you know, it's really tough. And he was so good. He was so good. So. I think he's going to like serve this wave and go on, and I really hope he's going to have the beautiful career that he deserves. He's a great kid. Yannick, many, many congratulations. Enjoy the moment. Thank you very much. So there is uh, Yannick Noah, and I think that really sums it up, doesn't it? I mean, you hear the emotion from him, but also, Catherine, the, the, the point he makes about the depth there, that... That, I think that they get great enjoyment out of the fact that they had numerous members of the team, four members of the team, basically producing the three points of victory. I, I think it also underlines just an inc- what an incredible achievement it was from Andy Murray and Ivan Lubacic and two or three of the players who've managed to basically single-handedly almost carry their nation to, to Davis Cup triumph. But when you do have a team that can pull together like they have... That, that is a formidable proposition. And, and actually, France could go on from here, couldn't they? They certainly could, yeah. I mean, how long? But I'm reluctant to start talking about, you know, all the French players that could potentially now become Grand Slam champions because that's been the rhetoric for the past however many years since Yannick Noah was their last male Grand Slam champion. Of course, they have players that could win Grand Slams if they deliver on their potential I desperately hope that this can provide some kind of springboard you know time's running out for a few of them Joe Wilfred Songer yeah I know he's only 31 but you know time is running out for him a little bit but he's had a good year this year I think he's fourth on the list of title winners for for 2017 and yeah and who knows what could be possible I wonder whether any of those players Luca Pui or Joe Wilfred Songer I wonder whether any of them will ever think you know what I was I was twice the player when I had Yannick Noah sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> Wonder if whether he's up for coaching me because uh, you know this guy's won three Davis Cups as a captain now over a huge span of of, of more than two decades. I mean, 1991 they won their first, um, then 1996. Here we are in 2017. I mean, that it's a heck of an achievement. Certainly is, David. That would be the real test of his coaching abilities, wouldn't it? What can he do with David Law? Now we're talking. Yeah, come on, Yannick. <laughs> I'm ready if you are. You, no? You're right, you're right, right though. I mean, that is really where a Davis Cup captain... It, it's all very well, and I don't want to do any kind of disservice to, to Leon Smith because, you know, there, there were ties in that 2015 run where he was given lemons and he made lemonade, but... There were big decisions for Yannick Noah to make all the way down the line during this campaign because of the embarrassment of riches that he has. That's a, that's a very different challenge for, for a captain to be posed and he wasn't afraid to put his neck on the line and 
the gambles, by and large, paid off. Yeah, well, the, you, he had to do what he had to do with uh, Mao and um, Herbert and Gasquet. That was that was obviously a tough situation. But I saw the parties that they were having in the locker room just just moments after winning that final rubber, and, and you could you can see the team spirit. It, it's it's not put on. I mean, they, they actually interviewed briefly Nicolas Mao, and he, he was he he was obviously. It was a tough situation for him, but as we said in our opening show, a better guy you will not meet than than, than Mo, a really charming fellow. And, and and yes, it would have been tough for him, but he's a big part of this victory as well because he had to help France to get there. Now, David Goffin, Catherine, his achievements almost disintegrate into into the ether don't they in a way because he's not able to lift the trophy in the end but he's the player at the time yeah it's not fair at all is it that's the cruelty of sport he should be given a replica one of those little replica they're so cute aren't they the little replica davis cups they're about one one millionth the size of of the real thing um because he he did everything he possibly could. He did his job and more. He was a hero for Belgium today, yesterday on the sidelines. I know he didn't play, but he made himself available to play if needed the day before throughout the whole year for a number of years now. And to, to, to get no change out of that, to get nothing to show for it is, is heartbreaking. And it's all the more heartbreaking because it's hard to see them having a better chance than this Belgian. You, you, I mean, yes, I know they've defied the odds to make the finals that they have done at all, but it, it really is hard now to see David Goffin ever being rewarded with the little Davis Cup replica trophy that I so wish that he could have in his, in his back pocket. I wish they just had a little spare that they could give him, you know, a little honorary one. We said yesterday, Catherine, after the doubles, that we didn't think Goffin would have won that doubles for them. But I still feel as though when we were saying that, there was a bit of us probably thinking because he needed to save enough for the the reverse singles against Songa. I still have that in the back of my mind now, and it's easy in hindsight, of course. But given the importance of that doubles, maybe they should have rolled the dice and stuck Goffin in. Yeah, as Leon Smith did several times with, with Andy Murray, and that proved to pay off didn't it there were a number of, t- number of times that we had sharp intakes of breath about you know Andy Murray hobbling around the court and having to play three best of five set matches in three days but end of the day against all the odds Great Britain won a Davis Cup tie so a Davis Cup title even not just a tie um, so yeah I, I think it look it, when you've won when you've lost a Davis Cup final in a, in a fifth rubber how can you not think about what might have been incidentally it's just died down but that all that chanting you could hear up until a moment ago was from belgian fans there's a small pocket probably of about 300 of them densely packed in just to my right they've all stuck around they're waving their belgian flags around and jolly good on them for doing that well done them yeah that that's that's great ready to pop the question the jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Goffan, Catherine, I I read a a tweet that you put up, um, a message from your dad about whether Goffan is a contender for player of the year he's definitely a contender he is for sure a contender whether he's the winner or not i guess we'll reveal in our uh end of season awards but yeah my dad wanted to nominate him that's the belgians off again i can't believe that noise is being created by 200 people um he's absolutely a contender i texted you during that soccer match on the basis of of him now for me turning himself into a genuine Grand Slam contender. I know he's unproven at Grand Slam level over best of five. I'm not saying he's definitely going to win one, you know. Doing it over best of five, seven matches in a row, is a completely different kettle of fish. But if he could play the level that I've witnessed here this weekend over two weeks, best of five sets, he can win a Grand Slam. He is a good enough tennis player now to do that. That backhand is fearsome it seems to get better with every match and he's lacked the belief before it he's he's a different player to the guy that capitulated in Monte Carlo this year when that dodgy line call umpire intervention happened in Monte Carlo when he was doing so well against Rafa Nadal he is a different guy the same wouldn't happen now he might not win the match playing Rafa on clay is still blooming difficult but he wouldn't capitulate in the way that he did he's a different guy and how he's been able to do that in a season which has been blighted by what we thought at the time was one of the most horrific injuries we'd seen at the French Open we're talking about a guy that that, that missed Wimbledon Um, so yeah that's a good point in terms of defying expectations I know he's got stiff uh, opposition in the form of Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer on that front but for me he's in the conversation yeah I mean I I because of those two, I, I I personally can't see that. But I do feel as though 
he is a different player right now to even even the player that took to the court before this Davis Cup final. I thought he was really good at the O2, but I still felt as though he was winning those matches against Federer and Nadal and, and, and not really believing that he was doing it. The way he stepped on the court here and just announced himself and said, all right, I've arrived. I mean, he didn't lose a set. He's absolutely thrashed two world-class players in Luca Puy and Joe Wilfred Songa. Songa, who'd just beaten his, his good mate Steve Darcy, and it, and it was OK, it was a competitive first set, a tie-break first set for Goffin, but thereafter, he was dominant, and I found it really exciting to watch him play like that, because he's, he's quite a, a quiet fella, isn't he, and not arrogant. I mean, I think every tennis champion any sporting champion has to have some sort of ego but he doesn't carry himself as if he has one I'd like to think he will go into 2018 now with that same self-belief and presence that he had out there over the last three days because that was exciting and he could take on anybody in the world at the Australian Open and and feel like he's got a, a, a good chance yeah he ought to he ought to I mean Songa didn't know what was happening to him out there yes it was a, a, a close first set and Songa had a lot of chances that he will rue big time. And yes, the match could have been different. But, I mean, he looked... I think he thought that the chances would would keep coming and it was kind of only a matter of time. And, and Goffin snuffed every one of them out. You know, again, like Puy, he just didn't blink. There was n- no moment when he was sort of expecting it to come, expecting him to, to doubt himself like we've seen before. And he, he just didn't at any stage. And oh, that backhand David that backhand just like I've ran out of words for the <laughs> the noise in the atmosphere I've run out of superlatives for that backhand because it, how can it still be getting better as a shot how how can that be how can it be um, but somehow it is and uh, yeah it, it, poor Songa was completely bewildered he ran straight in into press by the time uh, word came over around the press office that Songa was in press and by the time we descended the four floors uh, in the escalator he was just finishing up his last of about two questions and I saw him sprint out of the press area to get courtside immediately to watch uh, Luke of Wee take on Steve Darcy but yeah I mean he, he just he didn't know what was happening to him out there to, to, to see someone of uh, David Goffin's stature bullying someone of, of Songa's stature it's pretty amazing it is it is a fantastic performance from him but he goes home unhappy and, and that is the the great contrast of, of, of any sporting contest, of course, at this sort of level, but the Davis Cup final with all of its emotionals, emotions in particular. We've heard from the French captain Yannick Noah, and, uh, and it's, it's there for all to see. Let's just hear from the Belgian captain, Johan van Herk. We didn't do it. We are disappointed because we are, I think uh, we came here for the trophy and we're leaving without it, so we are, uh, we are disappointed and we just missed, I think, uh, some experience maybe in the doubles uh, and we missed maybe the best Steve but uh, um, I don't want to make him any regret I think he worked so hard over the past years to, to get us where we are now so it's a pity it happened here but okay we'll, we'll learn from it and hopefully get better next year At the last changeover in his match we saw you had both hands on his shoulders do you mind telling us what you were telling him if that's okay or No, I, want to tell, I told him that he's a great person um, 
I admire him as a person off court, on court, and that's why I told him, uh, even though with a lot, I I think uh, I know Steve and I know how he felt. So I I wanted to say from the heart what I felt for him, and uh, as a team, I think we have to stand behind him, and uh, that's why I told him. Do you have regrets on this weekend? Choices you made, maybe in doubles, maybe not putting David in. No, because I think if uh, David would have played the doubles, he wouldn't have been able to play what he did today. So we have no regrets. Maybe uh, you, you always in the, after matches you have you have you have sometimes you say like today maybe if Steve wins the first service game when he's fully love up and you don't let uh, Luca get on a roll, it might have been different. If we win the third set in the doubles, it might have been different. But it's it's a lot of mites. In sports, it's about results and facts, and uh, um, it doesn't matter. It didn't happen, and uh, we have to take the result as it is. But, Catherine, overall, uh, your impressions, your memories to take away with you from, from the last three to four days over in Lille in the, one of the biggest arenas tennis has ever known, and uh, I imagine pretty good ones. Yeah, pretty good ones. My my overwhelming feeling is that I I wish I was French right now. I wish I was <laughs> one eighth French, one eighth French rather than the one eighth Belgium. I mean, I, it, it, I'm completely swept up in um, the atmosphere and the jubilation, but I wish I could lay some claim to it myself because it just looks the most joyful thing to be a part of for. For the players and and for all the fans here, and the players have done a, a marvelous job of making the fans really feel a part of it. You know, they've almost given a piece of the trophy to to all the fans in here that that have swept them along on this uh, this tide of an incredible Davis Cup year. And it, 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 all of those 16 years of underachievement will will be forgotten now. They will be forgotten, I think. And I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Yannick Noah, whether he'll carry on as captain, whether he'll, you know, whether he'll ever recover from, from the party that they're all going to have tonight. I mean, <laughs> lots of unanswered questions, but yeah, I, I, I think um, the celebrations tonight are, uh, are going to be quite something. I think they are. And Catherine, uh, you were unable to enjoy Speed Rabbit last night. The uh, the magnificent yeah, which, which is piece which of is place. not a joke, <laughs> not a joke. That is genuinely <laughs> the name of an establishment that that sells mainstream food. I mean, yeah, I, I suppose they don't have the sort of connotations that that has in English in French, but I, I mean. Unbelievable, unbelievable! It's an, so, apparently well, it's quite a, a major restaurant chain, <laughs> got a major fast food yeah, chain. Yeah, so you, you you were forced into your third successive cheese board. Uh, what culinary delights are you going to have before you head back? Well, I don't to, know. Uh, Big, I don't know because the blooming the blooming restaurant was closed again last night, David. So I don't I don't know what's in store for me. The only other eatery in in the local vicinity is somewhere called Flunch, and I I. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to know what cuisine they're offering. So, <laughs> I don't know. You have to go there. I'm going to. I'm going to enjoy. To I'm going to enjoy this moment and the mini croissants on offer in the press room for as long as I possibly can, and then retreat to my um, hotel that doesn't have an open restaurant on a oh, on, of a weekend. Thanks very much, Ibis. <laughs> 
and you name check them <laughs> very nice uh, Catherine uh, it's been uh, lovely to have your presence in Lille and uh, we look forward to having you back in the UK where the Putney Exchange awaits for our end of year show which we'll be bringing you over the next week or so uh, here on the Tennis Podcast we will as well I should add be starting our crowdfunding Kickstarter for 2018 very soon so keep an eye out for that because we'd like to, to carry the Tennis Podcast on into next year if we can and uh, and your help was so much appreciated and we will uh, we will hopefully do you proud next year as well if we get the opportunity to do so Catherine travel safely uh, back from France and uh Everybody listening to this, thank you for your company. We've enjoyed bringing these uh, Davis Cup by BNP Paribas specials to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. We'll be back with more. We'll be back with our end-of-year special to find out who's the player of the year and various other award categories. No no doubt I'll be asking uh, for your opinions, uh, not only on who should win these uh, various awards, but maybe what categories we should have as well, uh, because I do like to involve you. So thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon. We'll speak to you then. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 